1: Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you're going to learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the camera and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. So now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat, First, let me tell you that the chat room is open. Welcome to everyone in the chat room today. My guest is Mr. Kevin Sorbo. Not only was his show the most watched television, Hercules, most watched television show in history, but he is the most watched man in history. So, uh, an incredible guest. He's been here twice before. Uh, you can visit the website. The official website is R E X S I K E S. That's my name, Rex Go to the interviews blogs because that's where they all are and uh, click on Kevin's name, and then you can uh, get parts one and two uh, to this interview series if you haven't yet gotten them uh, already. And uh, he's going to be with us in just a few moments for the full hour. Now, uh, Kevin is extremely busy this week. He's got all sorts of radio shows today, tomorrow, plus other meetings and plans, but he's giving us an hour so uh, to the friends and the listeners of MovieBeat. By the way, if you are listening live, go ahead, make us a friend, make us a favorite, rate and review the shows uh, leave comments, if you're listening to it archived you can do the very same thing and if you're getting this as a podcast from iTunes go ahead and rate and review the shows there as well it helps us reach more people it makes the show more popular and, uh, and others can learn about us through those efforts if you're listening live today go ahead, call somebody up, email them tweet right now, go ahead, get on Twitter or on Facebook and say hey I'm listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat the guest today is Kevin Sarbo and you need to join us I love it when you do that. You know why? Because you promote my guests. And what this show is about is about giving you insider information, secrets, tips, suggestions, advice to advance your career, to help you make your projects faster, quicker, easier, smarter, with less hassle, with less expense. Um, And so my guests give away generously just tons of of valuable advice. Uh, We pull back the curtain like in the Wizard of Oz. We reveal the inner workings of Hollywood, the politics, and what you need to know. Uh, and Movie Beats really a resource for you. That's why I'm connecting you up with these people, and it's absolutely free. So if you would, what I ask you to do uh, to repay the generosity of my guests is to simply tweet about it. Tweet about it in advance. Tweet about it during. Tweet about it afterwards. And one more thing. When you see somebody who's tweeted about the show or posted it on their Facebook wall, go ahead and retweet them. Follow them you know, or comment on their wall. Let's let's create an incredible uh, Rex Sykes Movie family of friends and and people that uh, support each other so that we can support you in the making of your projects. I've got to make one more announcement, and we're going to bring Kevin on. That is, um, podcasts are available at iTunes. You can tweet me. It's Rex Sykes Movie B-T-R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S-M-O-V-E-I-E-B-T. And K-Sorbs is Kevin's Twitter name. We'll get him back in just a second. Uh, and have him tell you about that and about uh, upcoming things. Uh, I attended Firestarter Films number ten the other day, a fabulous event here in the Milwaukee area. Uh, the next one will be sometime in November. But uh, Sean Monahan, Phil Cook created Firestarter Films ten festivals ago, and uh, uh, just excellent films. I had a great time. Uh, you might have seen it on Twitter. You might have seen it on my Facebook wall. But uh, if you're anywhere in the area at the time that these events come up, you know, be sure to uh, to, to check it out. All right. So uh again, welcome to everybody in the chat room. Chat room is open. I have Kevin here. We are going to bring Kevin on. How are you today, Kevin? I'm just peachy, thank you. <laughs> well, and I'm glad that you are. Hey, I got I gotta tell the listeners, I gotta tell them about uh about you. Kevin's been on the show twice. He's definitely a friend of 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 Movie Meet here and uh, I'm so pleased that he is. And um, I was in L.A. recently. He invited myself and my kids to the premiere of What If in Illinois. So we just saw each other about a week ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that. But uh, Kevin made me a hero to my children. We got this special VIP treatment. We got inside. We got sat with Kevin and his wife and with John Ratzenberger and Debbie Ryan and her mom and and Dallas and his wife. And they put us right up front. We were there the whole time. Kevin, you saw us. You came down. You said hi to my children and they went through the roof, and uh, we're just so thrilled to meet you, and then to meet Debbie Ryan, because they're big Disney fans, too, sweet, oh, cool. uh Sweet Life on deck. I mean, I couldn't have, as a father to my kids, I couldn't have asked for a more special time or special treatment, and so I just went, I know I've said this in pub in private, but I wanted to say public, thank you, man. That was wonderful.
2: It was uh, it was an amazing night, i got to say. It was just fantastic. I mean, to have a... Premiere in uh, Chicago of What If? Uh, the movie opens August 20th, actually, but um, right. we premiered it there because that's actually the it's a super church out there in Elgin called Harvest, and uh, it's where our director is actually a, a member and also on, on the board there. 3,600 people at the premiere. They turned a thousand people away. I mean, I've been to plenty of movie pers- premieres in my life in Hollywood, which are just you know f- spectacular events. But you know, they're 200 to 500 people, depending on what the size of the theater, but not 3,600. And uh, wow the 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 response was amazing and there was a standing ovation at the end. It was just Yes. It was a pretty incredible evening. I
1: on one of my last shows I mentioned, you know, what if and I said I don't normally like faith based films. I mean I I kinda of find them corny or cheesy or sometimes you get slapped in the face with the message. This movie was I I, I thought it was a wonderful it's movie. A, it's a movie. You know what I mean? it's a movie and it's yeah. not a message it's, it's, it, it, it's I mean, like a movie
2: that'll appeal to everybody. It's not something that like you said uh, that's been a problem with faith based movies before. I think they um I think they try too hard and, and pushing and uh you know say, okay, you better believe in God or you're going to hell. I mean, but this is a movie that, uh, whether you're a believer or not, it's it's one that will make you laugh, it'll make you cry and it'll make you think.
1: It absolutely will. And it's and I and as I said in the show, I'll say it again. It was wonderfully Performed a great job by you and the rest of the cast. It was wonderfully directed. It was wonderfully paced, and it was a wonderful story. It, it was a good movie. And and when I have talked to people about it uh, around here, I say, "Have you ever seen Preacher's Wife?" You know, yeah. and they re- remade it with Denzel Washington. I said, "That's the kind of movie to me it is." It's or you know they say you know uh, it's a Wonderful Life, but the Preacher's Wife was a movie. It had God in it and had you know uh, nice things, but it it it, it wasn't a, a you know faith based in the sense that it. It had to hit you with anything, and that's how I kind of have described it. Not that it's anywhere near Preacher's Wife, but uh, but uh, uh, just a really beautiful movie. And uh, and and there were some hysterical moments in it. <laughs> some funny bits in it, There are some. There's the moment that, that that you say something in there that just cracked me. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not. I'm not going to tip it. But it just. I mean, I still. <laughs> I, I do. I still laugh about it when I think about it.
2: There's just some there's just some really nice beats in there. It's um, it's just <laughs> the writing was, was very good and I think that's when they turned me onto the project at, at the beginning. Uh, you know, Dallas is a friend, we know each other, our kids are around the same age, they were all playing around and uh, he just mentioned it to me about this script he had and I said, Well, let me look at it He goes, Really? You wanna look at it? And I said, Yeah. So I read it and I said, Okay, who do you get in the lead? Because I wanna do this He goes, You do? And I said, Yeah, I wanna do this And, um, it just came together actually very quickly. And it worked out. It was uh, hey, it was it was one of the most satisfying experiences I've ever had. Honestly, it was great. That's so cool. Hey,
1: Kevin, I just got a message on the um, in the chat room that the volume on your side is a little low. Oh, it is. Yeah, maybe you need to just I talk. I up. don't know
2: what I can do. I'm talking into the phone, and uh, I don't. I, well, I oh, you sound
1: know. louder now. I mean, you do. Okay. You sound a little bit. Yeah, you sound better now.
2: I mean, it's a regular. Um, phone. <laughs> I
1: don't. <laughs> it's always I don't know there's always you know. something. All right. Well, if if uh, if there's anything that that uh, the audience wants to know, certainly they can ask questions from the camera. So you knew Dallas prior to the making of the movie?
2: Yes, we've known each other for a few years now, and um, we hang around the same circles. And you know, our our wives met each other and hit it off, and our kids are the same ages. So you know, it's just that the friendship was formed that way.
1: Oh, we well, very cool. Well, we just got a we just got a notice from the Lowry Agency. They said the sound is okay. And uh, so uh, I guess uh, maybe it's just what you're doing. Talking loud is good. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. Now, you, you had referred Dallas to the show, and he's done, I think, about three interviews. You know, on on movie making, and he's he's he uh, impressed me when he did the interviews, and he's very knowledgeable. And uh, um, oh, and you know, someone just said that you're good, and you have a sexy mellow voice, Kevin.
2: Wow. That's Maybe a little radio, her, then. Little, I could do a little, like little her radio her. and do love songs it. and stuff like that. Exactly. There
1: you go. Um, so, uh, but he impressed me. I mean, and, and we're going to do more interviews. His schedule, like yours, is very hectic with the release of the movie. The movie opens uh, the 20th, correct?
2: August 20th. Yeah. People can go online to uh, com, and they'll be able to find out uh, information as to when. When and where it'll be showing in the neighborhood? We got like a 20th opening, then it opens in more theaters than the 27th, and uh, you know it's kind of the, it's sort of the blueprint for what's going on with the lower budget movies right now. We don't have a studio behind this because you know studios, you know, initially they fear faith based movies until The Blind Side came along and made 400 million. So now, now they've all opened faith based divisions, but uh, you know a lot of movies in the in the under in under three million mark. I um, just this is the way they do it. There's you know they have a small opening. They grab in you know, cities all across America and they hope the word of mouth gets out there to help these things grow and be put in other theaters. And hopefully that's what will happen with this movie. It's um, it's a wonderful movie. It really is. It it harkens back to the old days of Hollywood when there was a definition between good and evil. Um, ever since the '60s and it's just gotten worse in Hollywood. I mean, unless it's just you know, I mean, I like visual effects like anybody else, but the bulk of those movies you know the transformers even though they make hundreds of millions of dollars because it's all the you know twelve to twenty-year-olds that see it five times because it's a video game there's no mm-hmm. story there's zero story and this is this is something that will um... will touch all ages and it, like i said it makes you think and laugh and you know, cry and have a good time and just enjoy a real well-written script instead of so much of the garbage that comes out of hollywood that just wants to force the dark side on us because they like to wallow in their own misery i think well, and and yeah, you're right, and and I thought that uh, as you
1: said, it was it was wonderfully written, and it, you know it, it kind of jumps right in. I mean, from the opening scene uh, where you're with Christie and, and and what happens at the very end of that particular scene, and then and where they cut to, um, you know, you 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 get you get put right into kind of what's going on, and and from there uh,
2: it just starts moving even faster. You know, it was a wonderful workout for me as an actor. I'm, I'm virtually in every scene. And, yes. Yes. Uh, I have the bulk of the of the dialogue, and uh... you know you get shows like Hercules and Andromeda where, the, yeah, there's storylines and there's there's humor and there's drama, but you know you're sharing that with a bunch of other actors a lot of times. But a lot of times when you're in an action show, um, there's more action, and um, you know I probably think I said more t- more dialogue in this one movie I did in, in about a entire season of Hercules combined, so it was. It was a really good workout as an actor to sort of go back to what I did in my early years as in training when we used to do a lot of plays and soliloquies and monologues up on stage, and uh, it was it was just good for my brain. It was good for my my acting soul, so to speak. It was it was just you know there's just so many things about this movie that made it such a great experience.
1: Well, it was touching. I mean, and uh, I don't know in, in your career how often you get the the chance to get teary.
2: Um, yeah, you know, you know they're, they're like there, there are moments on on Hercules and stuff like that. But, yeah, but. Uh, and Andromeda, even like that, with my two series. But uh, you're right. I mean, it's, you know, guys usually don't get those opportunities, uh, you know, to, to go through those emotions on screen. So it was, it was, it was fun. It,
0: it really and worked.
1: it worked.
2: I mean, and, you know,
1: and, and it worked. And, and even though I know you as Hercules and all these other guys, I bought the character. I, I mean, didn't for a second sit there and go, "Well, this is Kevin Sorbo, Hercules, so he shouldn't be doing this." You know, I, 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 I mean, you know, I hate to say this, you're on my show, I'm talking to you, but and I'm gushing, but it, it really was a, a great movie. My kids were, not only were thrilled with the, the chance of meeting you, but they loved the movie. And yeah, there you know, was,
2: it, there, there seemed to be a good response from everybody, which was nice.
1: Well. It, yeah, I mean, it did get a standing ovation. Yeah,
2: which was which was which was fun. I mean, it really was. I sit in a wave of that big a crowd. I mean, you were there. It was yes. it was a really neat experience to sit there and in feel feel uh, what the audience was feeling. I mean, I've seen the movie a couple times. That was my third time seeing it. So. You know, I I look at it different each time. I look at maybe places where I could have been better or places that, you know what, that was a nice scene and I didn't pay attention to it in that way the previous time I saw it. But you can, when you're in a theater, I think that's what theater will never go away. I mean, we'll always go to movie screens because we like the interaction with audiences even though we don't really have, you know, a one-on-one interaction with them. But it's like this, we're all this this organism together and watching this movie. And if, if it's a good movie and... You know, you can feel, you can feel a vibe go through the people, and it was, it was neat. There were people, people laughed in places that I didn't think they would laugh at, which, which, which was great, because I just, you know, maybe because I've read the script so many times, and I was in the movie, and it's sort of like, uh, sitcom writers, they, they overwrite, you know, they have a great script on (laughs) Monday, but then they change it 17 times during the week, and then by Friday, they go back to the Monday script, Mm so, uh, they just don't, know when to stop writing.
1: No, absolutely. And, and uh, you know,
2: th- thanks again to you. You know, we were right up front,
1: like with you guys, I and mean, we were right behind you in the in the, in the second row of this, this uh, you know, huge auditorium. And occasionally when I could, you know, I'd kind of glance sideways or whatever, and then during the Q&A, you know, I'd look behind me, and, and, and people were riveted. I mean, you know, they were enjoying it. So uh yeah, made for a very, very cool evening. What when now it's it's opening in limited release, but what 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 for people in order to find out where it is, where should they go again?
2: I be the best I think be the best place is to go to the dot com. I'm sorry, the what if movie, I got dyslexic there. The <laughs> what if dot com.
1: Otherwise maybe they just search it, you know, what if if they yeah, it
2: should <laughs> it should show up on, on where it's at. Right, right.
1: Uh, Very cool. What um, you know? We've had Christy on the show, and we've had uh, Dallas on the show, and of course you on the show. I think that's it from What If. Hopefully, we'll have Debbie on the show, Um, but uh, Debbie Ryan, who plays your daughter. Um, But uh, what for you? I mean, because the fans want to know. You know, what was what was either the most challenging portion of it? They they want to know what the challenging portion is and what the most fun. Part of it was, you know, or any kind of set experiences you'd like to share, and that came through an email. So,
2: um, you know, people are a, always. I'm sorry. Just, I just, I just went to www.thewhatifmovie.com, and it does pop up. I wanted to make okay. sure for myself I was getting right information, and it's got it's got just below that lists all you know, in Alabama, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida. It goes right down the list and tells you what area, what city, and uh, where it's showing at, which is
0: great.
1: Oh, and, cool, and. And then uh, Little Hermie has uh uh posted the the uh, WordPress. It must be the blog it might be Dallas's blog, I'm not sure what if movie dot wordpress dot com. Because I know that Dallas did an excellent blog on the making of the movie on a on a I believe a daily level, as I recall. I, I went through and
2: I read it. Um Was I'm that little happy. Hermie who posted that? Yeah. She knows her stuff. <laughs> she does. Kudos she yeah, out to Little Hermie.
1: Yeah, and Gaffer Girls put up the what if movie
2: Got WordPress com too. Those that, those are. I'll let it show where, where it's shown. Anyway, let's get back to the question you asked. I'm sorry.
1: Yep. I asked uh, somebody wrote in and said, What uh, was the most challenging part of making the film? And then what was the most fun uh, part of making the film? Or if there were set experiences you wished to share?
2: You know, there's a lot of stuff there.
1: Um, uh, I'm going long-
2: I'm 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 to sort of repeat myself here. It was really what had. The, the, the most challenging and the most fun was the fact of you know the short amount of time we had to shoot this script. We had to shoot it in three weeks, which just is insane. Uh, but that's sort of what's happening now with the economy wow. and everything else. It's, it's, it's condensed everything and made everybody just pick up the pace a little bit, um, which is good and bad. But the most challenging was just the sheer amount of, of dialogue I had through the, through the script. And that also was the most exciting part for me. It was fun. I enjoyed the challenge. I liked that challenge. I liked that I was able to, uh, you know, I think, you know, you hate to toot your own horn, because I'm my own worst critic, but I think everybody did a really good job of this movie. And mm-hmm. there's just, yeah, there's always things I think I can do better. I'm always going to be that way. But, uh, you know, overall, I was just, I was very pleased with, with, how things turned out for all of us in terms of the reactions that we had with each other the, the the chemistry that we had together on and off the set I mean it was just it was funny how it all came together because I think John Ratzenberg was the first one on board and the other actors Dallas just sort of scrambled and it happened very quickly and he's He's told me many times how grateful he was that a couple people he was going to get for different roles didn't work out because <laughs> it was just like he said it was like God was watching over this whole thing to begin with to make sure it came out the way he wanted it to turn out. But it was um, you know we have to and, and as always on the set I mean you know you work long days you work long hours when you're when you're, you're forced to do something like this in three weeks when other movies if this was a big budget Hollywood movie would have got two months three months. Um, you, you know, you just want to have fun on the set because there is stress on the set. And to me, you know, I've always been that way. I just want to have fun, too. I said, you know, guys, we're not doing brain surgery here. We're not, you know, we're not curing cancer. But I know it's overused, but it's true. And hopefully what we're doing is uh, providing people a couple of hours of entertainment. You know, let them get away from their lives and let them maybe think about something different for a while and maybe provoke them to, you know, move a different way in their life. Because everybody has a what if in their life. Whether it's a relationship a state they should have moved to or a job they should have taken, and you know we all do, and you know regrets right i mean it's it's um i don't know it's 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 just it was a wonderful, wonderful, amazing experience to be part of this and work with this, you know, this cast and crew. And what's great about some of the crew is I've done a number of Hallmark movies with some of them. So uh-huh. They happen to be Michigan natives because they had to book People Out of Michigan where we shot it. So it's just the luck would have it that way. And, you know, it was so funny they didn't even tell me they got the movie and you know, we're going to be in the movie until they walked on the set the first day they sat there with a smile on their face. And I said, what are you doing here? So it's kind of, it was nice to sort of have some familiar faces on the set as well.
1: Oh, awesome! Yeah, and you know, and John Ratzenberger from from Cheers fame, uh, he he was just uh, and the I'm voice just, of my, every Pixar movie. And the <laughs> voice of every Pixar movie, absolutely. Uh, he was just wonderfully understated. I mean, it was just the 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 what
2: he brought to this character, I thought was was delicious. It was it was just kind of a sarcastic curmudgeon angel, you know? Yeah, he,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, He delivered it, with a little panache, you know. He was just like right. You know, So uh, very good. um, Let me
1: take a short break here, Kevin, and get the break out of the way, and and then we'll come back. And let me just tell everyone that they're listening to uh, Rex Sikes Movie Beat. The official website is rexsikes.com. And uh, you can always ask questions in the chat room, or you can email them in advance by putting the name of the guest in the subject header and the questions in the body and sending it off using the contact page right there at the official website. You can tell your friends to listen to this interview right now. You can tweet somebody, you can Facebook somebody, you can call them up, or you can, you know, elbow them and say, hey, pay attention, Kevin Servo is online right now talking with Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Um, But after the fact, after this interview has gone uh, live, the broadcast is over, uh, it will be archived at Rex Sykes Movie Beat at rexfix.com in the interviews blog, and you just go and you look up Kevin's name in the archives, and you'll see three parts, uh, and each one will be available. But you can also send them to get uh, the podcast from iTunes, or you can go and subscribe to the podcast yourself, and that way you'll have all these interviews and always be updated whenever a new one occurs and and please do go ahead friend us right now right where you're sitting make us a favorite uh leave a comment about the show and do so too when you uh visit uh, iTunes all right so we're back with Mr. Kevin Sorbo. um Kevin um beyond what if uh somebody i think um had mentioned soul surfers and uh, I said that we you know I asked you about that and you said well it's going to be a while so can you just give us a heads up on that movie A little bit.
2: Well, it was um, a movie I shot January, February. I had to go to the tough, tough state of Hawaii and endure that horrible place for two months.
1: (laughs) I feel for you, man.
2: Uh, Yeah, I know. It was tough. Um, I shot with Dennis Quaid and Helen Hunt and Carrie Underwood doing her first feature film and Anna Sophia Robb, who had the lead in it. She was wonderful in it, uh, portraying Bethany Hamilton. And for those of you who don't know, there was, about six and a half years ago, Bethany, the original Bethany, who was ranked at 13 years of age, was ranked in the top, like, ten surfers in the world and was attacked by a tiger shark and lost her entire left arm. Oh, jeez. And within three weeks, she was back in the water again, and now she's 20, and she is still ranked in the top ten in the world, surfing with one arm, which is incredible. She's Amazing. now, about six feet tall. <laughs> she's a big, athletic girl, uh, wonderful... Uh, it was her faith that she said got her through. Um, this is a bigger budget movie it's for Sony Studios. i will have 3,000 screens that will come out in the theaters. Probably around spring break That's what they're looking at. Initially it was November, but they just figured, you know, it's a surfing movie. It's You know, spring break makes more sense. for them leaving, you know, spring into summer. and um, They just wanted a little more time actually to piece it together. But uh, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I play Dennis Quaid's best friend, whose daughter is um, uh, Bethany's best friend, and I'm in the water with her when the actual attack happened, and my character's credit that was saving her life. Uh, it's 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 an amazing story. It's it's very touching. It's uh, you know it's in the it's in the you know the right there with Blind Side you know triumph over tragedy type of situation, and you know you're working with uh, very high caliber actors. It was. Uh, it was good. It was good. And i am actually got another movie with Sony that we're, we're going to start shooting up in Salt Lake City in uh, November, December of this year, which uh, would be categorized, again, as a faith-based movie. It's called Rebound, based on the life of a uh, an- another 13-year-old Chicago boy that um, had a uh, brain tumor. And I play his father. And that's, a, wow. that's another touching movie that uh, I'm really looking forward to doing. It's a very, very well-written script.
1: Wow, very cool. Now, um, you also, uh, I think we were conducting some of the interviews when you were in Louisiana in
2: the bayou. Yeah. But that's a different side of you. That's a different side of me. (laughs) I kind of stretched myself this year as an actor. It was fun. Yeah, it's a a 3-D psychological thriller, and it's called Julia X, and I play a serial killer. So this movie would not be uh, qualified as a faith-based movie. (laughs) It'd be on the opposite side of the spectrum here. <laughs> Is so true? He's a very sick individual and he picks up his uh, victims through the Internet dating service and before he he rapes and murders them, he brands them. Uh with the branding iron of a letter wow. of the alphabet and Julia X deals with well, he's up to his twenty fourth victim now. He's already killed twenty three and um, hilarity ensues.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> so. And
1: you went and you went uh we shot uh, that
2: in in Shreveport, yeah,
1: but in the Bayou
2: as well. Oh yeah, we went like... to some serious Bayou. Trust me, we were. It was it was fun. I mean, you know, I'm very lucky to to get to go to the places I get to go to, and um, we were in it. And you know, I would sit there with the guide out there before shooting. I said, "Aren't there a bunch of alligators in here?" He goes, "Yeah, but they're in hibernation now." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> are they?" He goes, yeah. I mean, you're probably already gone over a couple right now. Like that'd be a good nesting ground right there. And I go, well, what if my, my ore hits one of them? Because there was some, you know, there's some spots that were only six inches of water, and some spots sure. go, so, you know, how deep? I don't know. And he goes, well, they you know they might move a little bit. <laughs> like, okay, you know, spooky. So
1: they don't wake up if they're hibernating. So if somebody
2: uh, fell in, they just lost uh, uh, Supposedly, they would leave you alone, but you know, I wouldn't I, want to try. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, the water's Pretty, it's like you know, I don't think it's polluted, but it's dirty and algae, and you know, we get we'd rather, ju- I'd rather jump in a pool,
1: yeah, yeah, wow. Well, so, uh, so um, uh, apart from that, uh, somebody asked, you know, before I did, but they just said, What's next for Kevin? And um, so, you're going, you said, did you say Park City?
2: Um, well, I'm going up to Sun Valley right now. I leave, I leave, I leave the golf term up there called the Danny Thompson Memorial. And this is i think the thirty third year of it It's a great event i've I've probably done it i don't know six times in the last ten years now it's i try to make it every year if work doesn't get in the way so uh it's 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 just a great event it's it's for leukemia and uh chris Berman from e s p n sports is one of the main m c s of the event excuse me I to get some water and um you just get a lot of celebrities, and it's beautiful up there. I mean, it's just beautiful. And they have they have uh, ice skating outside, which is great for the kids. And uh, they also have a few Olympic athletes that they to put on a show for us. So it's uh, it's a really first-class event. And then I'm going to Park City for a couple of days just uh, just with the family and do some hiking and biking and Little relaxation since we're up in that part of the woods before we head back down here because I, I leave um, for Toronto in September. I'm shooting a Hallmark movie up there, a Christmas movie where I play a Scrooge type of character that um, needs a little slapping up. And then I'm going to St. Louis to shoot a comedy. And um in that one I play the leader of a bunch of uh dodo brains. I'm sort of I'm the brain of the group but I put together three of the I put the three Stooges together as my henchmen. <laughs> it's it's a very it's a very funny comedy. It's uh, trying to track down this this Russian crystal vase that has that's centuries zero years old that worth millions and stuff and then, then I leave for Salt Lake after that. So I got three movies to finish out the year here.
1: Oh, that's very cool. Well, you know, you, um, I think we discussed it before, but uh, you, um, I'm giving your size and giving your look, you know, the the likelihood of being typecast, but it really sounds that you have, uh, you know, broken through that. You're playing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're playing a wide variety of different kinds of
2: characters, it seems. Oh, yeah, Uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, it made a big difference over two years ago, I started my own production company, and... Because I've been out here so long, and I've worked, and you know, I've been lucky to meet so many people, I, I, you know, I've got a good, I've got a good email list. So uh-huh. uh, through that, I've been inundated with scripts from other writers, and other producers, and other actors, and uh, I've read through. My gosh at least 500 scripts over the last two and a half years, and I've narrowed it down to 80 that I want to make. So my work cut out for me. But um, it's been part of the process right now. And you know, with the economy, like I said, the way it is, its top distribution and financing for movies is the toughest thing going right now. But uh, the lower-budget movies seem to be getting a lot of private investors coming in. I'd, I'd say half the movies I've shot over the last... Year and a half, which is about nine of them. Um, at least half were private investors. I mean, the Sony movie coming out for Soul Surfer was uh, David Tice. He's a Texas guy that uh, put up his own money for this movie. You know, fifteen wow. million dollars. This guy dropped his wow. own money in there, and um, just there's there's a better return than there is in real estate and the stock market right now in movies under that three to four million dollar range. So, you getting a lot of first time people that say, you know what, I want to be a producer. And that's what's going on with these guys. So it's it's out there. It's just that you got to work hard to find it. But I think, you know, to get back to what you asked, I think because I started my own production company, because I started pushing myself for different things other than the action roles, which are fine and I still love them, um, it has opened doors for me, and I have done quite a few other things. I mean, there's a couple other movies. I just finished three other movies after, <clears throat> just in the last, you know, four or three months here in, in L.A. One is called The Coffin. Where um, I play a guy that's been having an affair, and I wake up in a coffin buried with my mistress alive. And we have to find suck. out how to get out. Ouch. And then I did another movie called, um, called Give Me One Reason, but we're going to change the title because the title makes no sense. Uh, where I play a um, the keeper of Pandora's box, and he's not a nice guy. He's sort of um, an assassin, and you best leave that uh, that box alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Then I uh, just finished another movie called, in the vein of a, you know, David Zucker, I'm a big airplane, naked gun, Topic mm-hmm. Thunder fan. Love those kind of comedies, that just crazy, wacky humor. And I just finished one called Pool Boy, Drowning Out the Fury, and I played the pool boy. <laughs> <And> it's, <laughs> it's an absolutely ridiculous, politically incorrect movie, and I love it. I just love it. I had so much fun doing it. Now, are all of these in various stages of post-production? or are they uh, Yeah, they're, impo- they're shot, completely shot. So, you know, when they come out, as your guess is as good as mine, I mean, sometimes these movies get out within four months. Sometimes they take a year or longer. You know, it's just really, Pool Boy will have quite a few visual effects in it, so I, w- I would guess that would be next spring. And I'm hoping it gets, I mean, I think it's a spring-summer movie, certainly. Um Julia X and uh, The Coffin, I hope it comes out sometime December, January. Um, these are all features, you know, i get, I got one for sci-fi that will come out soon, hopefully, called Flesh Wounds. I shot that gosh, a year and a half ago already. And um, I was shot in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And uh, what else? i got Tales of an Ancient Empire, supposed to be coming out soon. Uh, they want to shoot a sequel to it. Um, don't, once again, don't know if it's going to be theaters, DVD. What's what it's going to be? Another one I shot. God, I've been busy, haven't I? Another one
0: I shot. <laughs> yeah, I was going
2: to say, I was going to say, it's just absolutely impressive. You remember? Oh, oh I know. Something I really got. to think of another one. Another one I got is called um, uh, Kammerspiel, which is just a weird name. It means like the room or something, and it's a German name, which doesn't. it's just the name just doesn't bode well for a movie so i'm trying to <laughs> get them to change it to the hit because i play uh, i we shot that in malta and i play a, uh, a a mob hitman that's been on the witness relocation program for 12 years now and 12 years later my old mob has found me and they're coming to get me and it was <laughs> wow. it was it was a good script it was uh yeah, you know that, and that. So I've I've really really been mixing it up, and I actually I'm directing one for Sci-Fi Channel next year. Initially it was going to be the Philippines. It looks now like it'll be Sofia, Bulgaria. I'm trying to talk them into making it go back to the Philippines. Um, and um, I've got a pilot I sold to the Sci-Fi Channel called Legendary, which is their first comedy. And yeah, we're just kind of cruising along, having a lot of different things. And
1: Legendary, you said, was a series, correct? Or pilot for a series? What's that?
2: Legendary is a pilot for a series? It's a pilot for a series, yeah. We, we had a meeting with uh, Mark Stern and all of his other people over there at the Sci-Fi Channel at Universal Studios about a year ago. And they came back months later and said, okay, we want to do it, so let's write the Bible. So the Bible was written for the series. And then cool. they came back and said, okay, now write the pilot. So we're in the process of writing the pilot now. Awesome. It's always a very glacial experience in Hollywood. Everything moves very slow. Right, right. Well, uh, um, I need to draw
1: attention to little Hermie again, who says, Don't forget Paradox, Flesh Wounds, Illuminati, and the Twelve Biggest Lies.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All well, right. Illuminati, well, me... Illuminati's not even shot yet, so that's still okay. that's still a wish of mine. That's <laughs> a, the, the Illuminati and the Handyman of two series that I want to make happen that I'm trying to get money for there. To me, they're both, like, especially The Handyman, I think that's that's a seven-year hit. I mean, we, we peddled that last year, over this past year, to uh, all the major studios and all the cable stations. They all loved it. Everybody loved it. Every, this should be serious, but we're not quite looking for this. We're not quite looking. I mean, everybody had an excuse. I mean, and a couple of people held on to it for two, three months. NBC at Universal held on to it for three months before passing on. They, they, well,
0: loved it, they loved it,
2: they loved it, they loved it, they loved it, and then they didn't do it. We're like, well... What's wrong with? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> okay. So, what do you suggest? Well, you know, it's just weird. Everybody's afraid to say yes to anything right now. And, and to me, I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. The handyman. That's a seven-year hit on television. Trust me. Uh-huh. But you know, it's just part of the deal. But paradox is another one. I did yes. I don't know what exactly they're doing with that one yet either. That'll either be on the Sci-Fi Channel or get limited theatrical release. I know for sure it's got Canadian theatrical release. So um, it was a good, it's a very good sci-fi movie about two, diff- two different parallel Earths um, sort of being hooked up through a, a portal, which causes all kinds of problems.
1: Wow. Well, I should say that little, little Hermes says there's more, but she, I guess she's going to defer.
2: <laughs> there probably is more, but there's, there's more in the wings, certainly. I've got so many waiting yeah. in the wings that it's, it's insane, but um, all good stuff.
1: Now, now run run, by, run this by me again. Now, are some of the movies that you, we've been ta- discussing in the last few minutes ones that that you uh, came on through your production company? Or are these all movies that you've been hired, or have you been executive a producer? Mi- a mixture of both. Oh.
2: A mixture of both. Yes. Well, like what the one, like the th- one the one that's shooting up in Salt Lake City through Sony is is was a third of it was funded through my production company.
0: Oh, cool. Oh, cool.
1: So, how does that? How, how, and we're going to have you back. I mean, we've talked about this, and we're going to talk specifically about your production company and projects and your selection process for scripts. I know I mentioned that. I think at the end of the second interview that that was coming up, but we have we've, we kind of we're jumping over that a little bit. But um, to, to say because that what
2: if opens this week? Go see the movie.
1: That's right. All uh, tell, tell you it. people out
2: there, blog, introduce something, get it out to everybody. This seriously, this is a good movie, and the only way it'll get more theatrical releases if people have great word of mouth, and you know, go to their theaters and say, "Get that movie here," because it's you know, it's just the way they're doing. It's what's happening with with, with lower budget <laughs> movies now. It's the way they have to do it.
1: Well, and, you know, I've I've encouraged the people who are listening right now and who are in the chat room to go ahead and tweet about, you know, the show and that you're on and to call their friends or to email them or to tell them in person. And and they can do the same uh, about what if, both before and after they see it. So okay. you know, we use the social networking you know to to keep the fire going and get the word out. And also, I'll just remind people to make if you if you tuned in and you just got there, make us a friend, make us a favorite, make you know be a fan, follow us on Twitter, follow Kevin on Twitter. It's K Sorbs, K S O R B S, right?
2: K That's it.
1: The uh So, well, let me ask you, somebody, somebody, you know, other people want to know too. Um, you you work with all these different directors. You've you've uh, been involved with different genres. You know you're wearing different hats. You know as producer and actor, but you're also wearing you know going from you know a comedy, a face based movie to a serial killer. You know guy. Um you know the life of an actor. I mean you know switching gears and then working with other people and working with crews. Are there are there any tips or suggestions or advice that you would give to other actors? Who are you know obviously not necessarily at your level yet, but you know who are up and coming or who have uh, some moderate access, about working with the different directors? what do you need to know when you know stepping onto a set and uh, whether it's t v or movie and and maybe how that difference uh, differs I know that's kind of a broad question, but it has to do with with how you approach the task
2: of working with some you know a new director
1: well, it's interesting
2: time. since I'm a golf nut I like to um I'll, I'll compare this 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 little story to what I tell people who are acting or who really want to get involved in acting. Um, this, is, this is based on a true story where this guy was having a tough time with his golf game. <clears throat> and he asked the pro, who I've actually played some golf with through, through the years, because he, he verified the story with me. He said, you know, what should I do? What am I doing wrong? And he said, well, first off, you're just in your head way too much. You've got to get away from the game for at least three weeks. And then he said, wow, okay, then what? He says, then give, give the game up completely. So I think it kind of sums (laughs) it up for about acting. I would never recommend this business to anybody, just because it's it's you you gotta you have to want it so bad, and the chances of having any success in it is so small. And I you know I came out I just believed in myself. I didn't have any uncle in the business or you know a friend in some casting director's office or anything like that. And I just I came out here and I just hit the pavement hard, and uh, I got beat up a lot the first six, seven years (laughs) before I got Hercules, but all that did was fuel the fire to me, you know, and that's, I think, part of, you know, bravo for the capitalist system, I mean, you know, anybody can make it if they're willing to put up with the knockdowns, you can get along the way, you have to learn from all the failures you have in life, people give up too easily, and then they whinge and whine the rest of their lives and wish they had a better, you know, better boat to ride on, but... You know, it's. I still think, you know, this is still the place. I mean, you can do all America bashing you want in all these other countries, and even the Americans have bashed their own country. It's still the best place in the world to live. It's still a place people want to come to. Oh, by the way, the prime minister from Canada came down to America to have a surgery recently. Will the press ah. talk about that? Interesting. It must be great, great uh, medical care up there in Canada. I mean, just another example of you hear all this stuff on one side, you don't hear all this stuff on the other side. And to me, it's like this This is the land of opportunity, and you want to come out in this business, you want to pursue acting, then get ready to get knocked around, but use those things as fuel for the fire. Use those things as learning experiences. Don't let them get you down because this town will want to beat you down. It's a cruel town. I mean, seriously, the studios, I think I mentioned this to you before, they're mafias, and I don't use that term lightly. They are certainly, truly a mafia. They hide the money. They bury the money. They won't show profits. They they won't pay actors what they're they're due on back ends of, of a series. It's happened to me, it's happened to many actors I know, and they will beat you into the ground. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's just I, I don't like Hollywood. I like making and creating television and creating movies, but I don't, I, I'm not a fan of
0: Hollywood.
1: Uh, and you're outspoken on that point, and I,
2: and I appreciate that. Oh, yeah.
0: And I I, always, you know, Trust me. Well, if, if, the,
2: They're like politicians, the people that run the studios. If you could actually get a truth machine on them and hear what they really say and hear what they really think... They don't even like themselves, you know. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, uh, it's a strange, strange city here. And I, I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't have such the the drug addiction I have for uh, the creative process and being on a set. I love it. I I loved being on a set. I love I love taking some writers' work. I mean, writers are amazing to me at what they can do and look at a blank piece of paper and create something. And then all these things happen. You know, you, all of a sudden you've got a crew of 175 people and directors and actors and DPs and caterers and everybody, everybody all together. And you know, this it's this it's this creative, unorganized chaos that happens on the set every day. But uh, I love that. I love that process. I love being on the set. It just it, it it gives me a buzz. It gives me that athletic buzz and butterflies I used to have when I played sports through high school and college. So. I think that's still part of the big draw to me. I mean, I've always been comfortable who I am. I don't have to hide in somebody else's body. And there are actors who need to do that. And I can understand why they, they're so successful. That You know, it's easier for them to hide in somebody's body, but I can hide in somebody's body and come right back out and be Kevin Sorbo again because I'm comfortable with myself, too.
1: Oh, that's very cool. That's very cool. Now, um, when I, as a young actor for me... Uh, I loved acting I, for, for the very reasons that you said. And, and while I've had some starring roles and things like that, you know, not the number of them that obviously that you have had or anything, but the, but the point I'm making this is that I loved acting. It was a great thing. It was great to be on the set. But if you got a three-day part, it was great, but you were there three days. And if you got, you know, a one-day part, you were there one day. If you were there for three weeks, you know, you were great, or a month or something. Well, what I didn't appreciate when I was younger, because I did it out of necessity, was I would produce or I'd work behind camera. And now I love producing, because it, whether it's, mo- it's, telling, it's having someone move a light or solve a problem or, or you know, have a rewrite situation or... Uh, I mean, I still love acting, but the, but I, I see more of the entire production as a producer. I see, you know, everything from little issues to huge issues, and I watch this thing come together over time. And uh, I am more in love with the process now, from from this side. I mean, I have both of them, but I mean, from this side because because I have more involvement, I guess. Um, Is it, it, this producing? Trip you the same way you're directing I mean the behind the camera stuff is as uh, thrilling or is it uh
2: oh, I think the acting think the, whole the re- process is fantastic i mean it it's it's funny I want to be the producer that people actually do like i mean there was remember the name I can't remember the name of a movie I was at, but it was it was a premiere this is a few years back, and there's a line in there because you I was with industry people it was filled with Hollywood people, and the actor said to the actress in the movie, he says, honey, I'm a producer. You can trust me <laughs> Everybody <laughs> broke up. And it was right. because it's because they know the way the yeah. you know, the, the, the you know, the mold of most producers <laughs> end up being the most hated person on the set. Um, because they're kinda jerks, you know. <laughs> so um I just laughed at that and I don't want to be that jerk and I don't think I ever will be. So to me it's like if I get X amount of dollars to do a movie it will be out there that people will know where every dollar goes to. I'll be everything the government isn't. So, um, you know, they, they want to claim to be transparent, but they're not. And to me, it's like, you know, wh- why? I, it's, like, it's like actors who are jerks to work with. Why would you keep hiring people like that? I mean, why? I, I don't want to work with somebody that everybody hates. I've been on the set where everybody hated the particular actor. He'd come on the set and people go, oh, God. You know, and say that's the last place I'd want to be as a person that worked 12 hours a day with somebody for three days. Oh,
1: right. You
2: know? Right. No, no,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Really? You don't want well, to
2: be... I don't know.
1: It, well, but I mean, it was the 70s. I mean, I remember when, I mean, living in Hollywood, at the time when the Hollywood gate broke, you know, and the whole, I think it was David Begelman and the whole Cliff Robertson... Uh, I don't know what the exact... I don't remember exactly what he did, but he was somebody... I'll go to the politically correct thing because my memory escapes, but allegedly this gentleman was taking, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars off, off of Robertson's salary, and they didn't know oh, it. And suddenly they, they caught it at some point, and then there was the joke where, you know, when Charlie Chaplin's body was was stolen that they found it in David Bagelman's safety deposit box because supposedly he had taken all this cash.
2: Well, that, and that, but that happened during the 80s and into the 90s when so much money was coming from Germany. There were producers over here that would sit there and tell the Germans, "Go look! We, I can shoot this for eight million. They They'd shoot it for four and pocket, the other four themselves."
0: Oh, okay, they eventually
2: man. got busted. I'm not going to name the names, but they eventually got busted. But that stuff, that goes on. You know, and it's it's like I said. It's just like it's like it's like Washington D.C. You know, they sit thing, You want X amount of dollars going to teachers, and the t- teachers should look at their own unions to see where their problems are, because that's where a lot of problems stem from. And uh, yeah. I, I have a problem with a lot of these unions, and I'm in a union myself. And I think my union, the SAG, we have two unions, SAG and After, and it's right, ridiculous. Right. There's not an actor I know that doesn't want both those unions together or abolished completely because they, they're more detrimental than they are helpful.
1: Well, I, you know, and I would agree, and and it's an interesting thing. And, and I was talking with somebody recently who who thought that if you know, if 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 it comes down to a war between the the unions, After will will you know, Survive and SAG will go away because currently now all of the TV contracts are after, which is, you know, virtually unheard of. I mean, all well, because project.
2: after the undercut SAG. The, the right, the exactly. strike. After basically screwed every actor they, that they represent. Right. So now, now, you know, I think they get something like when you do a, do a TV guest spot or something like that, your salary is about 20% lower than it was a couple of years ago for your, for your appearance. And then they get, I don't know, twenty or thirty reruns before you see a penny. So how long does that I, take?
1: Right, it, it is amazing, you know, <laughs> in the sellout. <laughs> it's but, crazy. Right. It's crazy. Uh, we have maybe nine or so minutes left, and uh, I, I need to do something and then come back. And I sure I'm enjoying this, and so are and so are our listeners. I can tell in the chat room. I need to uh, mention though that my upcoming guest, the very next guest, is Rick Overton. He's a very Funny man. He's recently he's been seen in Dinner for Schmucks. Uh, he's in Steven Soderbergh's uh, The Informant, starring Matt Damon. He's also Pam's dad in The Office in the wedding episodes. If you I've watched that. And recently he was on uh, The Green Room, Uh, Paul Provenza, another guest of Movie Beat, series on HBO. He is a hysterically funny stand-up comedian and actor. He will be here. John Gaspar is an author of uh, at least a half a dozen books on filmmaking, digital filmmaking, low-budget filmmaking. He's a producer-director himself. He will be coming up thereafter. Dan Cohen is a friend of mine, directed... uh, Diamond Men with Robert Forster and Danny Wahlberg and a number of other movies he's coming up. And then John Keyes, who will be returning talking more about distribution. John is a director, he's created his own distribution company and he is releasing movies, so he will be back. And then Joe wilson the end of Comic, but also the filmmaker and director and creative force behind the web series Vampire Mob are just a few of the guests that will be rounding off August. And um and we're here with Kevin Sorbo today again. Uh please spread the word on this interview. It will be ending uh, soon, but it will be available as a podcast and also archived at the interviews blog at rexyce.com. Um, yeah, Kevin in our remaining moments, um actually c- two questions that I have and, and one I was going to ask you, uh but somebody also asked in the uh in the chat room and I'll save that for the second one, but the, but the uh, for the second question I ask you, and the first one is uh, to talk about 12, the twelve biggest lies. Now that was, if I remember right, you when I arrived in Hollywood in June, I think you were just you were on set and you were were you narrating or on camera? I'm the on um,
2: set. Yeah, I'm. You'll see me on camera and something. Uh-huh. it's, it's a co- Company out of um, out of uh, Montreal, I believe it was. And it's, uh, you know, 12 biggest lies is always going to get people up in arms saying, well, that's not the big lie. I got 12. I mean, everybody's going to, it's like when you see the top 10 plays of the week or whatever, (laughs) everybody's got, I know a better play and something, which is fine. It's just, it's their point of view. To me, it's like you can call it anything. You can call it one of many biggest lies. And it just sort of covers what the media pushes on us and wants us to believe and, and, and tries to pass off as truth. And uh, I play. I'm pl- I play the guy that sort of segues in between each of these uh, each of these lines. You'll see me on camera talking, and um, I, I I know they got television coming out for the, uh, Canada. I hope it gets out here in the states. I know they have a DVD release on it, but it was um, it was interesting. It was it was. I would like doing more of that sort of thing on the side, and um, there actually I got a couple things waiting in the wings. I don't know if people remember Leonard Nimoy. He used to be the host of a series called In Search Of. Absolutely. I've been contacted to do a similar type of show. Where I will actually be going to uh, Romania to find vampire hunters and follow them into <laughs> cool. the dark dwelling. Yeah, and it will be fun. You know, the, we're actually in, we're in contract negotiations right now, and we'll see what happens with that. It would it wouldn't take up so much time for me to stop doing other things that I want to be doing outside of that. Like you know, hopefully my series, a couple series I have ideas going for other movies. So uh, yeah, I'm just keep myself busy with projects that interest me.
1: How do you prioritize? How do you decide, you know, how to spend your time and what script you want and where you want to be in the world and and all that stuff? I mean, it sounds well, like you it, took it, so
2: much. <laughs> I drive myself crazy. I'm on my computer way too much for the time <laughs> that I don't have, and uh, I'm always uh, either saying yay or nay to different projects that come across my desk and. Uh, of course, I'll start throwing some golf things in there, and I kind of want to do some conventions. I, I've got one coming up in Atlanta called Dragon Con, for those out there that uh, uh, don't know it. They should go online and check it out. And it's a great, a big um, fan event that happens every year over Labor Day weekend. And you get a bunch of you know, different celebrities that show up and sign autographs and do Q&As and attend parties and mingle with the, uh, the crazy, wacky guests that show up there because you get quite a mixture of people at Dragon Con, i got to tell you right now. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a fun event. It's a lot of fun.
1: Now, somebody asked also, uh, one of the things that I talked about a lot on the show, not just with you, but, I mean, because we didn't actually discuss it nearly as much, but, I mean, something that I mentioned quite frequently was the, a world fit for kids to golf tournament. Somebody's asked, what about next year? Any worry about uh,
2: we're piecing together right now. We're, we're getting a new uh, hotel to host it. Um, Planet Hollywood was our host the first two years. We're moving over to Treasure Island now and, in Las Vegas. We're staying in Vegas. Uh, the dates are still being sort of mulled around. We don't know exactly when, but people can go online to worldfitforkids.org to get information about uh, my foundation and also about the golf tournament. And We're getting bigger and better every year and I will get those dates up there as soon as I can, and the, it's open to the public. I mean, we always want sponsors and golfers. Uh, that's open to anybody who's interested, and certainly the evening events are wide open to the public. So it um, depends on how many people, how many tickets we sell, decides on the venue we're going to use. But it's a lot of fun. We have a comedy night the first night with a live auction. The second night we always have a musical act.
0: Um
1: Little Hermes says anyone interested in attending Kevin's awesome DragonCon event, email her at matagot33m as in Mary a t as in Tom a g o t again 33m a t o g o t 33 at aol.com for details and the seating is limited. So uh, we're having a special event
2: on the uh, on the, I believe it's on that Friday of Labor Day weekend, where I will be screening a couple of pilots that nobody's had the chance to see that I shot. Oh. Um, one of those is uh, Bobby Cannon that I shot for ABC, uh, shot it five years ago, as a number one ranked pilot for that year, but uh, the infinite wisdom of the president of ABC, who has since been fired, uh, didn't pick up the series, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Very funny show, created by Barry Kemp, who was the creator and showrunner of the Coach series for nine seasons with Craig T. Nelson and then the Bob Newhart series. Very good writer. And uh, the other one's called Wolf Canyon, which won all kinds of awards. We shot the pilot up last year in Canada. Won all kinds of awards in Canada. Um, Like swept the awards actors, directors, and everything. And Canada is now even hemming and hawing about picking that up as a series, uh, which wow. is crazy to me. Why would you? Why would you? You know, one one episode glorify it with all these awards and go, "Yeah, should we pick it up?" Though <laughs> I don't know. What do you it's think, Phil? You know, just, just, oh my gosh, it's business.
1: Yeah, it does not make much sense. Listen, we've got maybe uh, three or four minutes left. I, I want to say that WorldFitForKids.org is the uh, yeah. the
2: charity uh, website. Uh, it's a world. FitForKids.org. Perfect, and I do want to get one more plug-in for um, What If the movie, what yes. opens this week. And uh, you know, I do want to say, you know, it shouldn't. It's a faith-based movie, but it's it. it you, you can't really look at it as a Christian movie. I mean, it's a movie about life. Uh, it's about forgiveness, redemption. I mean, it just happens that you know that the Christian God is a central character in the film. That's well, probably because he wrote the book on forgiveness. So that's <laughs> kind of where the movie goes. But uh, it, it's a wonderful movie.
1: But, but again, as we've said in the meeting, they don't slam anything on you. It's not, it's not, I mean, even the premiere, which was held in a church with all these people, I mean, we, 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 just so people know, I mean, we, it wasn't a prayer session. It wasn't, it was treated like, like any other movie, uh, except for the fact that, uh, I lost my, my fanny pack. I lost a leather bag there and, and, and lo and behold, someone turned it in and, and as we were leaving, I said, you know, I, I lost this thing and, and, uh, three or four security people ran all over the place looking for it and couldn't find it. I got in the car and was pulling out and they phoned me and said we found it and it was and somebody had turned it in and I was like, you know, only here <laughs> only here. It had all my camera stuff and everything in it. And I'm like, gee, whiz. I mean, I'm glad if I had to lose it. I was glad I lost it at, at uh at the church. So, um but no, it, uh, it to to Vicky Baker when you said it it does not it does not come off like any of the other face-based movies I think that you will have seen that that uh that seem to you know want to hit you in the face with religion. It comes off as a family-friendly movie. Uh, the fact that there's God mentioned or an angel mentioned, you know, or that it's about forgiveness, is is the story. But it's 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 delightful. It truly is delightful, and you were t- delightful, and uh, and I enjoyed the movie
2: very very much. And, and I encourage one, everyone. Inspirational golf story to hear. A friend of mine just emailed me. Um, he, he's listening to this right now, and he said. He knows I'm a golf nut, and I play in a lot of different, various, uh, various uh-huh. golf events for different charities. And I actually, I have one today I'm playing and later today. So um, uh, he calls it an inspirational golf story where he was recently asked to play in a golf tournament. At first he said, Nah, I don't, I don't want to do it. And then they said, oh, come on, it's for handicapped and blind kids. And he thought about it and said, you know what, I could win this one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's sick. That is funny. <laughs>
1: Uh, very good. Well, hey, Kevin, uh, I know you've got other things you've got to do, and you've got to go golf, and, and, uh, but you've got other things, and you've got a whole uh, bunch of press junket uh, interviews that you're going to be doing today and I tomorrow. I have a ton of them in the next couple of days, yeah. I can't tell you how honored uh, I feel, and I'm sure the listeners feel for you to have spent this hour with us. And to give your time like that, we know we'll have you back. We'll announce it when Kevin is coming back, and we will talk about your production company and your selection process for scripts and other things. Uh, You're always very candid, and and you shoot straight, you know, so... uh uh, I will invite people to stay tuned both to the website, rexikes.com, and to the show so that you find out when Kevin will be back next. Kevin, uh, happy trails, uh, happy travels to you and your family. Enjoy the time that you have uh, as well as uh, with all the future projects. We will be in touch, and, um, again, thank you. Beautiful thing. Thank you so much. All right, man. Have a great day, and, and say hi. Will do. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. That was Mr. Kevin Sorbo. I certainly am uh, appreciative of him giving his time the way he did. Uh, go see what if. Check out uh, a world fit for kids and uh, the different websites that we mentioned. Again, please do continue to tweet about us, uh, and tweet about the show, about my guests. That certainly helps my guests out. It helps me out. And if and if you've enjoyed the show, as uh, I have, um, uh, please go ahead and spread it right now. You know, go to Facebook, go to MySpace, go to your favorite uh means and um and you can follow little hermie in twitter if you want to find out about Kevin stuff and and thanks to Sparky and uh, VSR Creations and Sean Monahan and Gaffer Girls and uh Sci-Fi and the Lowry Agency and Kings and Think King is a Think um Dark Star Dark Five Star I mean all the people in the chat room and, and all the people who who are just listed as guests um you know we thank you for being here uh, it's uh, it's always a privilege and an honor to be able to to bring you these guests. So um, stay tuned. Rick Overton will be coming up next, and uh, you can become a member of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends page by uh, searching that in Facebook, or you can visit my profile, which is Rex Sykes. Uh, we also have a Rex Sykes uh, on Twitter, which is Rex Sykes Movie BT. That last word is abbreviated R E X S I K E S. Uh, movie BT. And remember, if you go to the website and you go to the interviews blog, there are uh, 163 different interviews or 64 hours of interviews uh, that you can listen to. Pay no attention to the date you see on these pages. They are creation dates. If I create something February 2nd because I booked somebody and they're coming up, you know, September 15th, that... You know, So people ask me all the time, they go, well, well it says February 2nd, and I go, just click on it. You know, So go to the archives, click on the faceplate, click on the name of the person who's going to open up that biography, read about them, and in that biography is the link that will say to listen live, and it will give you the date and the time, and you click on that for an upcoming show. If it just says to listen, then it means that it's archived, and it should open up an MP3 player, or it will download it to your computer or whatever your particular browser does. But they're all available at iTunes. Uh, And you can go to iTunes, you can subscribe, you can get them all to your uh, favorite electronic device and have them with you on the road wherever you go. And uh, and so do that. And then when you do any of this, rate it, review it, um, make us a friend, make us a fan, and thank you so very much. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects until we meet the next time with Rick Overton. That's a wrap.